This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I remember emotionally starting to fall apart a little bit, thinking about what was getting ready to happen, and then, you know, just having a little voice come over my shoulder, <laughs> suck it up, Park, get up on that wheel, you know. Welcome to Kelly Earnhardt Miller's Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals, salon care products that you can experience with your senses, get high performance that you can see, touch, and sense. Now here's part two of Kelly's sit-down with Steve Park. So 2001 uh, comes, and we both know that was just not a good year for anybody. But your race at Rockingham, you know, gosh, couldn't have been any more scripted um, with with what was going on there and and that boost for the team. I was talking – I had Liz Allison on a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. went through, you know, we just shared this bond of of that loss. And that whole week was really a blur for me going into – Rockingham and just the week of what yeah. was going on what was it like in the shop because I you know I wasn't a part of that or yeah I, I mean, remember the one meeting when we came together I don't know if it was that that Monday after Daytona or Tuesday when we all were in the back shop yeah, there yeah and got everybody together and yeah I think I mean you know it was just uh, it was just horrible for all of us um you know with with what the family had to go through and what we all had to go through and you know, when it came to Rockingham, um, you know, just like you were talking about when we all met, I mean, you know, we were, I think we're all trying to decide, well, how do, what do we do how as do a team? How do you go about this, right? How do you yeah. go about this? We had yeah. no clue. I mean, um, you know, how, you know, how do you mourn? Yeah. How do you, and I remember, I remember sitting, trying to decide, you know, we're like, you know, should, should we, should we just not race as a team? In, in in Dale's memory, should we, you know, I mean, should we go to the track and try to hang our heads high? You know, what, what should we do? What should we do? And I, rem- I remember to this day when Neil Bonnet passed away and your dad was still alive. And a comment that came out of your dad's mouth was that, you know, he was going to go and he was going to kick everybody's ASS <laughs> and do it in the honor of, of Neil Bonnet. Yep. And, and that was what kind of lifted us that thought of, okay, well, in, instead of trying to hide our heads, what would Dale want us to do? And, you know, we're thinking like, like we did on every Mondays when he would sit at the end of the table and we would strategize over the week and, and, and the past weekend. Um, and, you know, we all, we, we all were in agreement in the fact that Dale was there. He said, you know, just, suck it up and go out there and kick everybody's ASS. <laughs> and so that's what we did as a team. And fortunately, there were so many highs and lows because uh, I know Dale Jr. had, had crashed pretty hard yeah, in turn four. Yeah, he early. Yeah. And, and everybody, you know, everybody's heart sinks until you, until you see the window net go down yep. and, and the guy walk away. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of, you know, got to kind of gather your thoughts and get yourself back in the game again because that's what Dale would do. And when it got down to the end of the race, I know that we were on old tires. We didn't take tires. We took a splash of gas. Paul Andrews made a great call as a crew chief. And, you know, he had it figured out that if it went green, we'd have enough gas. And the guys that pitted for tires, by the time they got two seconds, they would run out of laps. And, you know, so... We're, you know, Rockingham's notorious for wearing tires yes. out, and we're slipping and sliding around, and 
they were giving me my lap times, and and and, and they were they were good lap times. And Bobby Labonte was coming, and uh, uh, if there was a caution, we wouldn't have won a race. But there was no caution flags, and and, and the interval was closing. But he just knew that by the time it got to by the time Bobby got there, it would be the last lap. And sure enough, he got there in the last lap. Uh, we went into turn three. I tried to keep my car as straight as possible and get a good run up off the corner and did. And Bobby was coming, and I shot him a little bit of a block and went on to win a race. And it was in true Dale Earnhardt fashion. If you think about it, I don't think I had the car to win a race. Yeah. But I knew if I threw a block, <laughs> you know, I, I, could, I could muscle my way to the win. And yeah. that's what we did. And it, it was just funny because uh, – you know, being a Christian and, and and just thinking about there was no engine noise. You know, people got to realize there was no engine noise. People say, oh, your car makes all these noises. I mean, it was dead silent in the car. You couldn't hear the engine. You couldn't hear the tires. And I, I remember um, emotionally starting to fall apart a little bit, thinking about what was getting ready to happen. And then, you know, just having a little voice come over my shoulder <laughs> suck it up park get up on that wheel you know and you know that's what got me to the end and got me to the win so yeah. uh just pretty special day and any any winston cup sprint cup nextel cup victories or or something that you cherish but it was just tough yeah. and i mean everything that we had gone through watkins Glen was a victory people ask you know which was your which was you know which was which your was favorite? The favorite yeah, yeah. and i'm like you know what uh, I, I just look at Watkins Glen as reasons. a victory. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Rockingham. Well, you won it all, all three series. So yeah, you covered that. We won yeah. the Truck Series in what year was that? Two thousand five, I think. Five. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of yeah. like my comeback. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody knows after being hurt and stuff like yep. that, and being out. Uh, my my personal goal is, you know, I, as a racer, I never really raced to please anybody else but myself, and 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 my my credence was was winning races i mean you just you, you know your dad said it the best he said if i was going to put one sign on the wall of the shop it wouldn't be the victory signs he said i would just put win because winning fixes everything yeah makes your <laughs> owner happy your driver's happy your sponsor's happy your crew chief's happy your crew guys are happy your body You're shop's happy, happy. everybody yeah everybody's <laughs> happy so uh you know so that that was pretty much the bottom line of it. And then, you know, when I got hurt and then started making my comeback, I mean, to me, I wasn't officially recovered until I won. Yeah. And then winning that race in the truck series, to me and to nobody else, and to me personally, was was the end of a, of a, of a long road to recovery. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And then you got your first win in, in the Modifieds in 2013 with the, the Daytona What's that called? The Battle at the Beach or yeah. something about something like that. So that's pretty cool. You yep. upset old Stefanik in that one. But yeah. I remember watching that on TV. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that was the first race <laughs> after LW stopped racing in two twelve, in the middle of two twelve when we had Wyatt. Yeah. And yeah. wrecked real bad and had decided that, you know, we were weighing the pros and cons of, of keeping going and all that and we watched that race intently. Yeah, with him not being there and, and that was the first year I think they did the Battle at the Beach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first yeah. year. I mean uh, yeah um you had said it was kind of my first modified win, but it was my first no, modified since win. way back when. Yeah. Not your first oh, modified yeah. win, period. Yeah. 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 No, was, since 96, I think. Or yeah, something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but to me, the funny part was is when they first announced they were going to have a modified race at Daytona. You thought, what? I was like, what? I was <laughs> like, this is this is 
something that sparked my interest. You know, I wasn't racing a bunch at that point. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, you know, not only to get the win, but just to be a part of it. Because, you know, my history is in, in, in uh, NASCAR Modifieds. Yeah. And to have the inaugural event at, at Daytona International Speedway in a Modified, um, just to have my name somewhere in the record book that Absolutely. I had participated in that was something that I was looking forward to. As I looked around, I tried to get a ride. I talked to Mike Smiglio from from uh, Connecticut or New England, um, and he's won I think two championships now in a row with uh, Doug Kobe. Uh, gave me the opportunity to run a second car. Uh, brought a second car down from New England. I knew he had great equipment. Knew he had great people behind him. Got in the backup car, and uh, <laughs> I think we got I think we we're a third in the heat race and got got knocked out. Uh, in the heat race and has to start in the back of the feature and we come from the back and kind of you know use a little uh, strategy to try to work our way up and we yeah. just kept working our way up working our way up and then uh, found ourselves I knew I wanted to be in an odd position only because the track was so hard to pass on the outside so I knew if we got a late race restart I wanted to be third you know fifth somewhere where I could start on the inside if I had any shot at winning the race well, I was third, late race caution came out, lined me up second, or second guy, second row behind Mike Stefanik. Green, white, check, we all charged down to turn one, and I forget who was behind me, it was young guy's excellent racer. I think racer. it was uh, Eric Goodell. Goodell, yeah. 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 Um, he won the winning race as bad as everybody else, <laughs> and uh, uh, I let off the gas going into turn one as deep as I could get in there, and I thought my throttle stuck because I was getting pushed from behind by Eric, and... He was trying to win the race, and uh, uh, I ended up locking the front tires up to try to keep off Mike, got in the back of him, got him spun around. Luckily got to the outside, and when the smoke cleared, my there spotter was yelling, <laughs> go, 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 because it was the last lap come for the check, and we ended up winning the race. Yep. As we could tell on TV, Mike wasn't very happy. No. <laughs> so I I had called him, and, uh, and I got Julie on the phone, and, and people don't realize I had raced with Mike in the modifieds yeah. in the northeast for numerous years and won a ton of races and one of the best competitors out there was mike last thing i wanted to do was to to, to spin him out blatantly on the last lap to win the race that's never been my mo and on, unfortunately that happened and i got a chance to talk to him and uh after his on camera uh uh <laughs> Rant. <laughs> Rant. Um, he got a chance. Him and Julie got a chance to take a look at it and saw that. Calm down. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't much I could do. I was just lucky to save my car and yeah. keep it going in the yeah. right direction. So anyway, he, he calmed down and we had talked. And he said, yeah, I know. He said, Steve, once we got a chance to look at it, he said, you know, we've raced together for 15 years. And, you know, I mean, I just know what type of a race you are and yeah. stuff. So so thankfully it got better because Mike and Julie are still good friends. Yeah. Yep. So any racing in the docket for you? Uh, I read you had done some voiceover. Did you do some voiceover yeah. for the Modifieds this yeah. year? Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough with MAV-TV and uh, Speed Sport News yeah. to do, do, uh, do some voiceovers for some of the tri-track and modified um, races that are going on in New England. And I actually enjoy doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy doing it. Ralph Shaheen is excellent. Um, they've been teaching me. Um, a lot as I've been going along, and it's just a tough job, isn't it's it? It's a real yeah, tough job. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it myself, but again, having people have had a uh, Matt Yoka in, we had Matt, yeah. we've had Wendy Vitturini in, yeah. just talking about you know calling the races. Obviously, Steve Latart this year. 
Yeah. Well, it's not easy stuff. It's not easy stuff. You don't realize how talented these guys are. These guys and girls. I think it would TV. be even harder to go back and do the voiceover. Is that true or not true? Um, I don't know. Versus I mean, calling live. I, I, I think calling it live. I'm thinking from an emotional perspective. You know, when you're you're right there witnessing it firsthand, and, and the different emotions that can come up in your in your voice yeah. and that kind of thing, versus going back over it and and having that same emphasis or whatever. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just think that uh, again, you know, the the men and women that do that 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 have, you know, I always say that. If if you could if you could get the if you could watch a race on TV and get the sound from radio yeah exactly because those guys are trying to project the picture because mm-hmm. they know on radio you can't see what's going on so they're really descriptive in there and just the way they do yeah. the play by play and throw it from corner to corner um, really is exciting to listen to. I think compared to the TV analysis. Yeah. I think a lot of people do listen and watch the races that way. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm usually either yeah. listening to it or watching it. It's, uh, uh, but I, I, again, just starting to do some voiceovers and working with Matt TV and speed sport news and Ralph. Yeah. I mean, it's just so impressive what these guys do and they, and they do it right off the cuff, you know, yep. right and off the rim, especially in their too. life. They so, got a lot of passion yeah. for it. So yep. it's, I have a passion for modified racing it has changed a lot. Uh, we were laughing because the last race I did, a lot of the guys that were running first and second, I, I thought it was the guys that I used to race against when I first started watching it, but it was their kids. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, man, I, I remember Jankowiak and Hirschman battling for, for wins at Stafford and, you know, when I was there. Now you're talking about their kids. And now we're talking about their kids, but... Well, speaking of that, let's switch, let's switch to talking about kids. So you and uh, your wife, Jessica, uh, were married in 2008. Now, you guys dated a really long time before that. Yeah. Did my dad ever pick on you about that? Uh, yeah, he did. I can imagine. Yeah, I, I, I could tell you, I could tell you <laughs> stories. But uh, the reason why I knew Jessica was kind of a, a good one was... Uh, she survived all that? She survived all that. She didn't, she didn't know racing <laughs> at all. So could you imagine, you know, Dale Earnhardt, just coming right up to you and asking questions like, what's your name? Where are you from? How old are you? What you doing with this guy? He's just, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with him? You know? And the funny part was Dale would say, well, how old are you? And and she would say, you know, aren't you, don't you know, you don't ask a lady their age. <laughs> and he, he would kind of nix that a little bit. <laughs> and then he'd come out and he'd give me that half mustache grin and a wing and said, oh, she's a good one. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, you so the now, test. Well, now I figured out, yeah, now I figured I got Dale's approval, so. Uh, exactly. But it was so funny, just, you know, you think about it, you know, think about the listeners. You know, could you think, could you imagine Dale Earnhardt just walking straight up to your face and interrogating you? <laughs> you know I mean? You know, if you know Dale, you're you're intimidated. Yeah. But she didn't you're really. You're intimidated whether you know him or not. Right? <laughs> I know, yeah. exactly. So especially with his stature. Extra stuff. if you don't know him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so she, she held her ground and. Uh, and uh, got Dale's approval. Yeah, so she was the one. You guys had Jaden in 2010. He's just started kindergarten. Now, before kindergarten, I know you guys were back and forth, halftime in Florida, halftime in North Carolina, yeah. right? Yep. Now, are you full-time North Carolina pretty much with kindergarten? Yes. That yep. kind of keeps you right here. Yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, it's uh, – he started kindergarten this year, and, uh, you know, obviously we can't get up and go uh, as much as we used to. And uh, I started going to Florida probably in, in, in 90 – eight or 99 and we used to have a pretty rigorous test schedule where uh you know we, we'd be testing in january and be down there quite a bit yeah down in daytona quite a bit and then you do your two weeks in february so you know as a driver we never really had any time to ourselves so you know come the end of the year 
uh, going into the holidays, I used to go down to Florida like in December, and then I would stay in through the the end of, end of speed weeks in not February. Not a bad place so. to be over the winter. No, not a bad place <laughs> to be, and I, I got kind of used to it. And then, yeah. you know, you, you you get married and you have kids, and then kids start kindergarten. So, uh, um, you know, we still have our place in Florida, and we use it for friends and family, and we go down as we can. And and now we now we're doing the the Disney trips oh, and uh, and the Sea World and all fun. that type of stuff. So uh, so Jessica and I are friends on Facebook, so I get to kind of see what's going on. Now your now your little boy likes to fish. Oh yeah, he's he's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He loves. Yeah. Um, so much for you knowing hunting and fishing. Uh, but it sounds I, like he's going to. I, gone too. I uh, <laughs> like we talked about. I'd never hunted or fished, and uh, you know since we have the opportunity to live on Lake Norman, uh, he's. You know, as a little kid, he just he just fell in love with fishing, and it takes a lot of patience because sometimes uh, he'll yeah. be out there for hours and not catch a fish. Um, I'm not a good fisherman. <laughs> I know, but he but he is. He's got the patience. Um, he loves to do it. He 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 has learned he has learned some techniques. Uh, he was he was casting with a a spin caster since he was three years old instead wow. of that old that old push button push thing. Button, yeah, I had him started <laughs> on that. And uh, oh, and another quick story. I was in Talladega. I wasn't racing. I was watching one of the races. I was out there. Uh, it was probably, two, I think he was three years old, so it was probably two years ago. And as I'm in Talladega, which is five and a half hours away, I get a phone call from Jessica. Where are you cutting pliers? Where are you cutting pliers? I'm like, my cutting pliers? I said, what do you mean where are my cutting pliers? She goes, don't ask me any questions. Just tell me what draw the cutting pliers are in. So I tell her three drawers down the toolbox. Call her back. I'm on my way to the hospital. Jaden uh, hooked himself in the head with a fishing hook. Oh, gracious. I was like, oh, God. So now uh, the race was about halfway over. I jump in my truck, five and a half hours home. I'm like, I'm flying. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't get pulled over. When your over. kids get hurt, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I freak out. Yeah. Yeah. I was flying home, <laughs> and I knew it was five and a half hours away. I get a call from her girlfriend, and... She told me that uh, uh, Jaden had hooked himself in the head with a fishing hook. They couldn't get it out. They were taking him to the emergency room. And other than that, he was okay. But mom was a, a wreck. She I think, was in the next room over. I, I think mom had to go to. The, I think mom had to go to the emergency room more than hyperventilating. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, they had to give her. I don't know. They had to give her a shot of something to calm her down. But it was it was funny for the sheer fact that uh, I'd gotten there when. Um, he had just got done. They, uh, it was simple. They they tried to get the hook out, and they ended up had to do a little slit where the hook was and slide it out and stuff. And they gave him comic books, and he was he was like, "Oh, hey, Dad, yeah, I hooked myself in the head." <laughs> you know, I was like, "Oh, you know, you gotta you gotta try not to do that." At least he didn't hook himself in the oh, eye gosh, or, yeah. oh, gosh. or something. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. But that was the only incident that he's ever had. Knock on wood. Knock on fishing. wood. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's just starting. Is he just starting to play baseball and enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, last year. He started doing it a little bit. I, I play with him quite a bit in the uh, in the yard, and you know we started off with t-ball, and we started off with that huge bat and that huge plastic ball, and 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 now he's actually playing uh, t-ball. Oh, cool. Um, and doing really well. He he likes it. He's good at it. He's got good hand-eye coordination, uh, which is pretty impressive. You know, I'm a golfer, so I, you know, I I had him with the big golf clubs, and he didn't like golf. Yeah, he loves golf. Oh, he loves golf. Yeah, too. and he's okay. good at it too. Oh, so, uh, yeah. uh, as a young kid, I, uh, I I bought him a junior set of clubs, and I, I was teaching him how to hit a golf ball, 
and uh, you know, you start off with tennis balls, you know, <laughs> and then you work your way down. And he just he just got good at it. But every time I stopped lining them up to the ball, he'd line up on the wrong side of the ball, and he'd hit the ball at the back of the club. And I would say, no, you get on the other side. And all of a sudden, the light went off. I said, why is he hitting everything lefty? So I went and got him a left, lefty set of clubs. Uh, he bats and he golfs lefty. But he's a right-hander in general? Yeah, well, yeah. he feels righty. He writes, he writes with, his with his right, right hand. hand. He eats with his right hand. But, now, that's funny because Dale is left-handed but does all those things right-handed. Yeah. So, LW, they were talking about hunting and the way he, you know, he shoots his bow with his right hand and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, interesting, huh? Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, he he just enjoys he enjoys baseball. He enjoys fishing. He enjoys golfing. What's his favorite part of school? Oh, does he, I mean, does he like school okay? Gym. Pretty much in gym. Gym. <laughs> P.E. outside. P.E., yeah. <laughs> as long as he's outside. Uh, he's he's really good. He likes, he likes to paint. He likes to draw. He's starting to read pretty good right now, and uh, what, what's great about him is he really likes it. Like he really likes to sh- show off. I don't know if it's show off, but when he does something and he learns something, it, yeah. he's real proud of it. So he'll yeah. he'll read you a, a child's book, and instead of you reading to him, he wants to read to you. So you're like, great yeah, job, right. good job. That's right. excellent. And then you could see him you know, light up, light up, and <laughs> That's proud cool. little guy. Any racing? What's he think about racing? And and you, do you want him to race or well, about pe- that? people or ask me all the time. I I don't know. He's five. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. uh, he's been in a go kart since he was three. Again, started him off in a parking lot by himself. Yeah. Actually, have been to Dale Junior's house a couple times on his go kart track. He's been nice enough and fortunate enough to let us run his track a little bit. As as uh, Dale uh, as uh, Jaden was learning. Uh, you know, I didn't want anybody else out there. Yeah. I actually had a rope tethered to him at one point when he was three years old. Yep. And, yep. you know, it's like stand in the middle of the track and whirl a rope around tied to his cart so he wouldn't <laughs> get out of control. And then at four, he started going to, you know, a big track down here in the Carolinas called GoPro. And uh, he had done many laps at GoPro and had done well enough that I would put him into some practice sessions. And I kind of made a mistake because, you know, most of the kids were – six seven years old and if there was 10 of them he'd be the fifth fastest and and he would do well and we entered him in in a couple exhibition races and he had done well and he he just couldn't win he couldn't run you know he couldn't beat like two national kids that were like six and seven years old so did he kind of get discouraged well yeah he just wanted to quit He was like i i can't go as fast as those guys i'm like jane they're two years older than you are but that concept doesn't that concept doesn't ring with him so uh so, you know, as you know, you can't make them do it. And, and I don't think you want to make them do and it, you, right? No, you don't yeah. want to make them do it. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'd ask him, you want to go to the go-kart track? Nah, I think I'm going to play baseball. You know, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so your go-kart sat in the garage, and every time his friends come over, he's got to show them his go-kart. So he knows so it's he's there. proud of it, right? He's, he's proud of it, and uh, he's proud of what he's been able to do with it. Still sitting there in mind. Yeah, and now, and now he's like, looks at me and says, Dad, are we ever going to take my go-kart back to the track? I said, yeah, if, when you want to go, you just let me know. We'll take it out there. So we're going to probably start now that we've taken a year off. Yeah, probably so maybe gonna... he's waiting on you to get back at it. Yeah, <laughs> we, well, he acts that way, so. Uh, we'll see. But if he's got that interest. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, as you know, I just want him to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And that, and that makes him happy. And no rush. Gosh, I was no. going to, I had thought about this, you know, just thinking about you starting you're getting that opportunity, not starting to race, but starting at 15 is still late in today's time, you know, yeah, oh, and, sure. and getting that first opportunity at age 28. 
and now these kids, I mean, you know, out where Carson and them race, you three-year-olds. I got a three-year-old yeah. cadet class, yeah. three- and four-year-olds. Yeah. You know, by the time they're 14, they're wondering what they can do. And we we have people call here wanting their 12-year-old to run our late model car. Yeah. 12! 12, I know. You know? So that that's, I say, it's way too early. Yeah, I mean, you know? my, I mean my mom says there's, it there's, too. There's the skill that you need, but then there's this maturity, maturity. of the decisions and stuff that you have to make. Right. Not just on the track, yeah. but off the track too, you know? I, I agree 100%. That's crazy. I mean, my mom said the best, you know, like... You know, I'm like that stage dad when he's out on the go-kart, you know. I mean, I, and my mom and dad would go and they would see the frustration in me as he's learning and, and, and I'm teaching him. And, you know, he would catch somebody and then slow down and go, you know, he'd be two seconds a lap faster than them. And then when he would catch them in one lap and then take two laps to go by him <laughs> and, and, and where he could just drive right by him. And I know that. But when he comes off the track, you know, what I mean, he's you know he's four or five years. Yeah, and old. all that process is learning. And right? if, he, if he runs last or first, you know, you got to be there yeah. for the positive reinforcement yeah. and great job, good job. And <laughs> um, then as he got older uh, and he started learning his numbers, I had a little timer on the steering wheel um, that I would use for myself, which would give me all the engine temperatures and timing and stuff and segment times, and. He wanted to learn how he could figure out how, what his time was and how fast everybody else was going. So then every time he'd come in, stop the go-kart, he'd press the button to see how fast he went. And he'd be like, oh, look, Dad, that, that's, pre that's pretty good, isn't it? I'm like, that's excellent. You're doing a great job. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I don't want to go on go-kart anymore. <laughs> you, know, so, you, know, you know, kids. Turn on, turn off, turn on, turn off. <laughs> but like I said, my mom was saying, she says, you know what? She goes, you, you just got to just gotta calm down. Just she goes, go with it. She go goes, you didn't, you didn't even get in a go-kart until you were 10, 11 years old. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of time. time. Yeah, yep. plenty of time. So is your dad still racing? My dad is not racing. He didn't race this year. Thank God, he's seventy-four years. old. Oh my old. gosh, it was so fun! I uh, love those uh, that class that he ran up at Hickory. I know. Well, that's, I tell LW that's, that's what I need to get in. That's it was true. fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. He did race. He raced the. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but it like the, the old timers class, antique retired <laughs> association or yeah, something. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 the greatest thing was at that time he was seventy-three years old. Uh, John Betts. Uh, Used to build engines for my dad back in the 70s and 80s. He's retired, moved down to North Carolina. So he had built the engine. He had built the car and got my dad to drive it. And, and they, they won a bunch of races and won the championship. Yeah. And then and then John uh, sold the race car. And I, I told my dad, I said, well, he sold a winning race car. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he took the race car and made it a winning race car, and then he sold it. And now uh, you're out of a ride. And now you're out of a ride. <laughs> but they're, they're still good friends. And – uh and, and John's thinking about building another car, but the best thing about it, Kelly, is is that it's fun. Yeah, they race every they race once a month or twice a month. I think once a month it was every second Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I used to call it the Geritol crew. <laughs> you know, you get all the old codgers. They would stand around, and I think they would drink more more coffee than they would work on the race car. <laughs> but they would get the race car prepared and yeah. get them out of the house, and they would get to the shop again in their seventies. Um, and I just think that's great. You know, you got to. I always lit up when I saw them at Hickory. Yeah, going to watch our late models there, and I'd be like, "Oh yes, they're here. Bob's yeah. here. Yeah, so, <laughs> good uh, stuff. Good times." And the best part is, you know, I got a got a great picture in Victory Lane with my dad, myself, and Jaden. 
And nice. you know, people don't realize what's so special about that. It's three generations. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty awesome. Those right. are pictures that, you know, will last my lifetime and something that we can always look back yeah. at. Yeah. What's Jaden's perspective on your racing? You know, because being young, that's one of the things that LW and I talk about. You know, LW wants Wyatt to know what a racer he was, yeah. but he's not racing now, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, just give it time. You know, they'll figure it out. They, they figure it out. I yeah. mean, Jaden knows. Yeah. Um, And he's he's taking it upon himself to try to learn some of my history yeah. and stuff. and. We have we have magazines. Obviously, you've got stuff. I'm sure up at your house in the basement. Yeah, we, yeah. we do. It's yeah. exactly what we yeah. do. And uh, uh, he sees some of my trophies. And uh, uh, he made a comment not long ago. He said he asked his mom. He said, uh, "When can I get a big trophy like Daddy?" <laughs> you know. And uh, we're like, "Well, you know, it, it's called competition. And you know, either you got to catch the biggest fish, or you got to, you know, hit the furthest golf ball, or or or." be the first run, guy whatever. home run yeah so <laughs> so he's learning you know he's he he's five yeah you know so uh um it's it's really fun to watch him grow up um he he knows dad's history in racing uh he knows he knows his numbers he knows his cars he knows all about dale earnhardt yeah and uh um so he's you know he he's smart in it you know as you as a parent you would think that it would be really hard to teach a kid maybe your legacy, your history, maybe what you've done prior to, to him. But fortunate for me is when I won that race in the modified car in Daytona, Jaden was almost three years yeah. old. So he remembers it, and, you know, we have the pictures yeah. too. So, yeah. uh, I mean, if – uh, you know, if I if I never win a race again, at least my son was in victory <laughs> lane with his dad yeah. along with the history of it that he, that he can learn about yeah. with his dad. Yeah, and you can tell the stories. And with, you know, TV and social media and all that good stuff, the, it'll be there, you know, unlike when our parents were yeah. racing, you know, back in the yeah. day. It's hard to find that, that's why materials. I like, <laughs> that's why I like Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got more pictures. They can pictures. pull some old stuff up. Oh, they? man. <laughs> uh, and, and I love it because my, my dad's not not a Facebook guy. He's, yeah. You know, he's, yeah. He's in his 70s. and But my mom is and you know, uh, they they've started like a, a Steve Park, Bob Park fan page, and people just keep posting these pictures, pictures that I've never even seen, yeah. and pictures that people have, and they don't know the history of it. So they yeah, they have no idea what they're hanging on to, right? No. Yeah. So they send it to me, and I show it to my dad, and then yeah. my dad gives me the whole history of the picture, yeah. which I send back, and it educates everybody yeah. on. So that's stuff that's that cool we didn't stuff. have when we grew yeah. up. So it's 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 yeah. pretty interesting stories. Why it's three and a half, and during the race on Sunday, um, they were doing the interview with Dale and Steve Letard, and mm -hmm. and they were talking about my dad, and they said Dale Earnhardt, and White looked up at me, and he said. He just said Dale Earnhardt. Is he out there in a car? Or are they just talking about a long, long time ago? I was like, son, they're talking about a long time ago, you know. But yeah. it's 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 crazy what they pick up yeah. and, and all. Because, I mean, obviously we talk about him and, and he hears and sees. But, I, you know, haven't sat down and had like a history session with him or anything. Yeah, yeah. And, but, he'll, um, and like, we, you know, we, we point out Papa Dale and he picks him out now all on his own. And yeah. It's pretty crazy. It is. And it, like I said, it's it's amazing because – you know, as kids grow up, I went from, you know, you, you kind of have to do everything for your two and three year old, and now all of a sudden, I got I got my little buddy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, you know, walking, talking, thinking, uh, coming up with things that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. 
uh, of his little mind. Especially being thinking in school. About. You know, yeah. that has really changed stuff. We've just put white in preschool, and that's changed for us a, a lot. Yeah. And, and plus so, the socialization, yeah. I think, of the kids yeah. is good, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's talk about carving pumpkins. I saw that oh. picture. So I'm impressed. Uh, major dad turn out for the carving pumpkin session. Yeah. Usually at school functions, it's the moms <laughs> yes. that are there. <laughs> yeah. Dads had to go and get their skills. <laughs> yeah. And, so who carved the pumpkin, the dad or the kids? Ah, uh, dad. <laughs> part and part. Yeah. I mean, uh, the funny part is... As soon as soon as Jessica told me about pumpkin carving, I was thinking, okay, well I'll get my Dremel tool, <laughs> and I'll get my electric knife, and I'm like, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm already competitive, thinking about, okay, how we're gonna carve You're this. You're gonna pumpkin. make all the school projects, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call Sam Baz and have him design something. Yeah. You know, now they send the today in today's time in the project notes, they send home the note that this needs to look like a kid's project. Yeah, do they? Yeah, <laughs> parents, yeah, stand I didn't, back. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that note, but. Uh, I don't think it's too it's for pumpkin carving <laughs> in kindergarten. It probably didn't come. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, Jade wanted a witch. So we had I had gone out. I I had gone to some of the craft stores and I had found a template online. I think of a witch, and then uh, I looked up online and you know Google's an amazing. Oh thing. gosh, yeah, you can yeah. get way too much and information. I, and I looked up uh, the witch design and how to transfer it to a pumpkin and how to carve it, and. I knew my time limit was like two hours, so it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, I'm up against it. But just like you said, when you're there in the classroom carving the pumpkin, and, and you, you know, they don't give them sharp knives, but, you know, he wanted to clean out the guts of the pumpkin well, and, and do all that. And, you know, and no matter what they do, it's 100% right. Yeah. And you want to step up and say, well, no, yeah. let me get in there and get that, you know. And it's like, you know what, it's their day. It's their pumpkin. Uh, you got to let them enjoy it as much yeah. as they can enjoy it, and uh, and also try to keep your competitive fire down, squashed down <laughs> yeah. a little bit. What's Jaden want to be for it's Halloween? To see, he wants to be um, a vampire. Okay. And uh, Jessica's always wants. To put Does a she little, like to dress up uh, with him? No, not, not really. Not really. Um, as you know, as as being a mom, it's just a lot of work keeping up with them. Yeah. And, our, you know, we went from, you know, the first year of him trick-or-treating to being not a disaster, but just a worry session for us because it's dark and they're dressed in dark clothes. And so then I decided And they that, really don't get into it that first year. No, you know? no, not at all. But yeah. what I learned is is to get the glow sticks that, that you can take yeah, one and put two and, together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would hang them from the, from the back of them because they're never running towards you. No. They're always running away. <laughs> Yeah, it's a get, good idea. Yeah, get one on the wrist, get one on the back. Yeah. And then this way you can Strategically place them. them so you know it's your child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do their initials in those yeah. light-up sticks. <laughs> good no, idea. It's not that bad, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you learn. You know, yeah. you go from being a new parent um, to being a seasoned parent and learn all the nuances of oh, yeah. uh, what will make you comfortable and let them enjoy themselves. Yeah. Do you guys usually do Christmas in Florida or North Carolina or we've, Thanksgiving? We've, we've done both. Yeah. Um, do your parents usually kind of go to wherever you guys yeah, are? Yeah, they yeah. usually do. And my brother yeah. lives in upstate New York, so my parents travel quite a bit. And uh, uh, the holidays are always special, and they get even more special when you have kids. Yep. And, uh, Does Jessica have a big family, or uh, Jessica's got uh, an older brother and sister, gotcha, okay. and uh, they live in Georgia. Gotcha. Uh, so again, between us, what was that was the other thing too with the Florida house? It was only about two and a half hours from her family. Yeah. Um, and we're about five and a half, six hours from her family being up here. So 
a lot of times that we spent in Florida, her family would visit us. Yeah, easy trip for them. Yeah, and the time that we spent here was closer to my parents because they lived just a couple towns over. Um, but last year we did a uh, we did something pretty interesting where Jaden cut down his first oh, fresh cool. Christmas tree. Yeah. So we decided to go up into the mountains and go to a Christmas tree farm, and you know they do a great job taking you on a hayride into the Christmas tree field, and you go and pick out what size you want, and uh, and then we gave Jaden a little. The first year we went, we gave him a saw that was plastic that you know you could cut look yourself like he's doing on it. it. <laughs> yeah, let him look like it. Meanwhile, Dad was the one. You have to take your own saw, or do they provide? No, they provide. They provide that. Okay, you should know how to operate it. And then, and then last year, we had cut down, or Dad had cut down a, a, you know, eight foot high Christmas tree, and we had bought that. And Jaden wanted, he helped, but obviously he was pretty big, so he couldn't, he couldn't do the whole thing himself. Well, he wanted to, he wanted to cut down the Christmas tree, so uh, trying to avert the fit, I found like a little two footer. That you're not supposed to cut down because they're grown for <laughs> right. years to come. Right. Well, he took that saw and he cut that thing down in a heartbeat. And I thought, oh no, we're gonna be here. We go. They're not. They're not gonna let you out of the yeah. Christmas tree farm. Yeah. He's he's uh you know four or five years old and he's already in the do not enter section cutting down <laughs> things he's not supposed to be cutting down. So anyway, I said by accident, my young son had cut down this tree and I I, I would just gladly pay for it full price. Um, and they were like. Hmm, they didn't know how to charge me for it. I said, well, just, you know, whatever you need to do is a mistake, but we're going to take it because we're going to use it as a table topper. And uh, so they they didn't know how to charge me for it, so they just say, well, we charged by the foot, and they so measured it, and it was two foot. <laughs> so, I mean, I cut down a uh, – I feel bad saying this because there's probably people listening that are – Growing these trees. Yeah, growing these trees. <laughs> well, I'm but, sure they know accidents happen. Yeah, you know. cut, So so my son – Five years old, cut down a cut tree down that was two-foot Christmas tree. Two-foot Christmas that tree. That needed to grow. <laughs> that needed to grow another couple of years. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but he was proud all through Christmas. Every time somebody came over. Talked about that tree. Talked, I cut it, that thing down. He didn't care about that eight-foot tree that had the garland and the angel on top and all the you know, all the bulbs all and stuff. His. It was just all about his. And we had to buy him the, you know, we had to buy him the little LED lights and he had to decorate his own tree. Yeah. And, I've always let my kids do their own tree because I – like to have just a real pretty like better home and gardens looking yeah, tree yeah, yeah. and um so K- it was always easy for them to have their own and do their own thing yeah, yeah. K- kids kids like the disney snoopy yeah and they like you know they like their things on the tree they're like how come my crafts aren't on the christmas tree i'm like yeah. oh it's right around here yeah <laughs> right around here in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're they're catching on now having to start moving them around now they're yeah. like our stuff's never on the tree i'm like okay yeah, yeah. when they get older I gotcha. they, well if they get older they get smarter you yeah can't, you, can't, they, you can't rush you, you can't. can't go with them yeah, yeah well you know yeah. you can't, can't trick them anymore can't trick them that's yeah. what i, I was Wyatt looking for that tells word. me that all the time that's what he thinks when we tell him tell him no on something yeah. and then we let him do it he's like were you just tricking me? Yeah. I'm like, thank goodness that's what you think right now because, no, we're giving in to you, son, but you call it tricking. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I used to be able to say, I got a, like this old pickup truck that we use to, you know, run to the dumps and work around the yard and stuff. And he likes, you know, you can't have little kids in car seats and pickup trucks. Yeah. So he rides and, you know, we ride in the Suburban. Well, now that he's five years old, uh, he's in a bo- he's in a booster seat. And he wants to go to the dumps with dad in the truck. In the truck, so he goes to the dumps with dad in the truck, and you got to shut the airbag off and do all that type of stuff. Well, then I do not want to go in the truck because we're going to 
somewhere. And as we're walking past the truck, come on, Dad, let's take the truck. I'm like, no, we're going to take the spur. No, we're going to, let's, let's take the truck because he wants to sit right. in front because he feels like a big boy. Right. And I'm like, oh, the truck, the truck won't start. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> he's like, I know the truck will start. We just drove it yesterday <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> to the so, dump. Yeah, so you can't, you know, they get so smart. Yeah. You can't even, you'll be, you know, yeah. beforehand, you'd be like, ah, no, nah, the truck won't start. Let's take this and we'll take the truck next time. Yeah. And they fall for it. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, he'll, know he'll get the jumper cables out, you know. <laughs> it was a sad day when I couldn't spell anymore, you know. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, spell yeah. for them, yeah. and then they figure out how to spell, and they're like, yep, I got you. Yeah. Well, Can't now, do that anymore. Now I got to figure it out that he's up to about five-letter words. So if it's if it's a five-letter word or or less, I can't spell it. But if it's a big word. If you're trying to spell a big word, though, then you and your wife are trying to figure out what the yeah, hell you're spelling. Yeah, yeah or like, my wife will spell it up. Yeah. <laughs> you're going you through your mind. A, B, yeah. C. You know, you're yeah. trying to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, things sound fun for you. It sounds like your just family life is awesome and yep. just having fun. Yeah, things yeah. are going great. People yeah. ask me all the time. I mean, uh. Uh, I know we've we we talk quite a bit, but we got some uh, we got some commercial real estate that's doing good from a business standpoint. Nice. The economy's doing a great job yeah. turning around, yeah. and I started working for a, or working with a business <laughs> out of uh, Pennsylvania called the Shore Corporation, and we manufacture biodegradable cleaning products. Oh, cool! You know, that's that, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people do wonder. Yeah. You know, what do you what's do life after, after racing? racing? Yeah. I just yeah. saw an article about Ricky Rudd and I thought yeah. the same thing, you know, man, what what has he been doing yeah. this last, you know, how many every years? Yeah. And saw something else about another driver and they're like, Oh yeah, he's all set in, you know, commercial development, real estate projects yeah. and that kind of thing. So Yeah. Yeah. I think you gotta be smart about your money. You gotta be smart, smart about, about it. I think like like you were talking about earlier, you know, if if you get if you get into the sport when you're, you know, 16, 17 years old, and say you do 20 years in the sport, and now you're 37 years old, and what do you do now? What do you do? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, um, really, right now we're just seeing that with the cusp of, yeah. you know, Tony Stewart or Jeff Gordon and these guys that are yeah. retiring or, or talking about retiring. Is that's you know, I mean, they're yeah. in their mid 40s. Yeah, you know, and, and got a lot of life ahead. And they got Jeff's a lot of go life ahead. Do kids and yeah. kids and family, which is awesome. Yeah, which I don't is know awesome. what the hell Tony Stewart's he, gonna do. Yeah. Play with his pig. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, doesn't start a, a farm. Or he, has, he has a monkey too. Doesn't well, he? he had the monkey, but I, yeah. I, uh, Carson and I went to the Louisville Zoo, and the monkey was there. So okay. I think the monkey grew up and yeah. you know, couldn't live yeah. in the house anymore. The so. thing with Tony and 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 people know this too. You know, I mean, I think he owns Eldora. Oh and yeah, a he's got lots to keep him busy. He's got a lot to keep him busy. I'm just picking he, on him. Yeah, and he. He, he he'll 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 have plenty of things to do and just like anything else you know auto racing is something that we've all grown up doing something that we you know we've loved the whole entire lives so we've been fortunate enough to make a career out of it um but it's kind of like the NFL you know you look at these guys that are ending their career when they're in their late 30s mm -hmm. and early 40s and there's there's so much to life outside of racing that you know we all kind of grew up in that sport and one of the biggest transitions I had to do was that Ever since I was a little kid, all I did was work on race cars and race. Yeah. And then all my friends were involved in racing because, as you know, it's it becomes your life. You travel with the same people. You kind of grow up with the same people. You race with the same people. And then when you get that aspect of your life taken away, I remember having, like, my first, like, Saturday home or off, and I was like, I was preparing for it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna call my friends. I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go out, and I'm gonna stay out late, you know. And uh, 
all of a sudden I, you know, got my phone book out and I figured I'd call and make some arrangements on Friday. And I was like, everybody was gone. Yeah, everybody's racing. Everybody's <laughs> racing. And I was like twiddling my thumbs on a Saturday when yeah. I had all these big plans. And and then all of a sudden, you know, after that happens a few times, you know, you start thinking, okay, well, you know, some of these other people I meet that are not involved in racing, you know, they can be your friend too. Yeah. And then you'll attest to this that when me and Jessica were unmarried and we were dating, we had a whole nother group of friends than what we have now. Oh yeah. yeah. Now that we're married and have kids. Yeah. Now that now changes. we're now we're in the married have kids group of friends. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're hanging out with the uh your classmates and yeah. families and that starts to evolve and change. Yeah. It really does. But but life is good. It's fun. I mean, uh it, it it is fun. And if you look at it as as just a, another stage of life. Yeah. And um you know, you got to you got to enjoy yourself and you got to you got to enjoy your kids and uh, you got to enjoy your family and yeah. uh and also continue to enjoy the 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 sport that you love. Yep. Well, good. Well, this has been great. I appreciate you coming by and spending this time with me. Well, any any time. I hope I the listeners it. enjoyed this week's edition of Fastlane Family and maybe we can catch up with you again sometime next year. All right, it's time now for our tip of the week brought to you by Wella Professionals. Today we will learn how to complete a sophisticated bun. First, we're going to use the I Me Dry Me Dry Shampoo right at your roots. Pull your hair into a high ponytail and place a headband about an inch from your hairline. Wrap the length of your pony into a bun, twisting it as you go, and secure that with an elastic band or bobby pins. If your bun is small due to fine hair, you can pull the bun gently and loosen it to make it a little larger. Use a pencil or the end of a tail comb to evenly lift the section of hair between the headband and your bun for volume. Finish up with the IME Superset Extra Strong Finishing Spray for a tight hold. You can purchase these or any Wella Professionals product at any of the 782 Ulta stores nationwide or purchase online at Ulta.com. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate everybody listening to this week's Fastlane Family. Fastlane Family has been brought to you by Wella Professional Hair Care, multi-sensorial hair care products that you will see, touch, and sense the difference from your very first wash. Hair care needs from fine to normal to color to coarse, Wella's got you covered. Wella Professional Hair Care products are available at over 780 Ulta stores nationwide. Visit Ulta.com to find the store nearest you. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 